You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Our scripture reading today comes from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. At this moment, I would love to give a shout out to our elementary kids in the room. Make some noise real quick for them, elementary kids. Shout out to y'all because you now get to go to your age-specific elementary gathering. So, Casey, please put your hand up. Make some noise for Casey real quick. It's going to be... Casey is going to be leading them for their gathering together. Elementary kids, you can head on out with Casey. Do that. Do that. And I am so glad that we get to be a part of two communities that make space and give time and money and people power to the formation of the young homies, right? We have kids in the nursery that are being cared for. We have the preschoolers who are having their version of fun in their room. We have our elementary schoolers, their version of fun. Hopefully one day there'll be some unique spaces for the middle schoolers and high schoolers as well. We start what we can though, y'all. We start where we can. And I'm glad that we are all people that are putting something, whether it's our prayers or our money, into that. Shout out to all y'all for being incredible people. I just want to stay real quick. So my name is Jamel. Spell Jamal, pronounce Jamel, and I'm going to be bringing the message this morning, and we will start, you know, inching our way ever so closely to what we're going to be talking about, or I'll be talking about, and we will be experiencing together with a question for the passing of the peace. I understand that everybody loves the passing of the peace, and if you don't want to do it, just don't. That's fine. You don't got to pass nothing to nobody. So, yet, if you would like to, you can pass the piece by just introducing yourself to somebody who you don't know. If you're going to do it, you want to do it all the way. To someone you don't know who's within arm's reach. And I'm going to encourage you just to pass the piece to one person because I have a pass the piece question for you. Again, if you don't like this, just don't do it. (laughs) and No one's going to bother you. Um, The question is this, though. Here's the question, which will come up in a moment. The question is... What is the one thing you would never give up for Lent? All right. Some of us have decided to do the Lenten practice of fasting something. Again, if you ain't done it, don't feel bad. <laughs> but, if you had, but if you would or were thinking about it, what's the one thing you're like, I might give up some other stuff, but it ain't never going to be this. Yeah. So please uh, stand up or you know, turn around, pass the piece if you so desire, and take two minutes to talk about that question. Introverts, it's... Only two minutes. Extroverts, just two minutes. Go ahead, please. 
All right, all right, all right. That was two minutes. Anyone who's like, man, oh gosh, I want to talk more. Are you an are you an extrovert? Anyone who's like, who or like, man, that was so long. Introvert, maybe? I'm just curious. You know, know yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I will go ahead and just. Uh, I'm new to Lent. I'm new to the Christian calendar, really, especially of observing. And this is my first year really trying to be all up in that, you know what I'm saying? So the struggle for me was even saying, like, what exactly is fasting? What's it for? What's it supposed to do? Again, if I'm going to try to do something, I'm going to try to do it, you know, and do it the way it's supposed to be done, at least at first. And, you know, I did a little bit of Googling. I talked to a few homies, and I came to understanding of fasting in general and Lenten fasting specifically that I'm going to share. And if you didn't do it this way or aren't, don't worry. This is just how I might be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So, but if I am really wrong, you can correct me later, like after. And like just you and me, like not, don't put me on blast in front of everybody. Uh, so what I came to understand was fasting in general when it comes to the, you know, the Christian and you know, Jewish traditions that do, and even other traditions that do it as well, is you're supposed to take something that requires a decent amount of time, and you're supposed to replace, you fast from it, don't do it, and replace it with time in devotion to God in whatever way that looks like for you. So that's how I kind of approached Lenten fasting this year, and I said to myself, you know, what's like that one thing that I absolutely don't want to fast? Because that might be the thing that I might want to fast. <laughs> not like so don't want to do it that it's like bad for me, like not like one of those things, but something that's is on the good side but can be abused, you know, in certain ways. And so for some of you, that might be sweets. You know, that's like a huge umbrella. Some of y'all nod your heads. Y'all, y'all really did that. Whoo! Shout out to y'all. Um, that's impressive. But you know, it might have been chocolate. One of my homies a couple years ago, he's like, you know, I'm fasting all forms of chocolate, and so that's what he did. Another homie decided to be a little bit more cerebral with it, and they're like, you know what? I'm gonna fast from holding grudges this Lent. I'm like, ooh, that's fancy. So I was a little more concrete <laughs> with it. And I thought to myself, what's something that I spend a lot of time on that can be good but sometimes can turn bad? And for me, that was YouTube. I'm not sure how you feel about that being my thing. You might be like, this grown man is like really on YouTube like that? I am. I'm not a YouTuber. Don't search me up for that. But I do spend a lot of time on YouTube. The, the, the pleasure places that I go for, like, my entertainment. Like, so I love skateboarding. I, like, do tricks and stuff. Look me up for that, though. Um, I do skateboard. You'll find me on YouTube there. And I love soccer. So if you enjoy any of those things, please come talk to me. I'm here for it. USA made it to the World Cup. Thank you, Lord. Our group is relatively easy, no easier group than the Netherlands got, so me and you get to just go on to the next round, all happy for fun, so, in his, his country, so, what I, so, YouTube is great for those things, like, it's much easier than Instagram, and, uh, well, less toxic than Facebook, and <laughs> more streamlined even than Twitter, so I can just go to YouTube, get a quick update on the U.S. men's national team, I can get an update on my favorite skateboarder, Ashad Ware, who's the, gre the greatest, and do it real quick, so you, but then, at, that's at best. I get to check up on things that I like, have some quick entertainment of videos, but then at worst, I can go to YouTube instead of to, like, my family, <laughs> you know? Like, I could use it as complete escapism, and I can spend far too much time in the YouTube vortex than I should. 
So that's where I was like, you know what? This would be a great thing for me to fast for Lent and try to replace the time. Every time I get that nudge to watch a YouTube video in, at all, whether it be the healthy way or the unhealthy way, I tried to divert that time towards God. And that would be praying, sitting in silence, devotional, like, like any of that stuff, right? So that's how it kind of shaped out for me. And for anybody who is doing a Lenten fasting, hasn't it been difficult? Maybe it's not for you, and shout out to you. But for me, it's been really difficult. Like, it's been hard. <laughs> there, and of course, I've broken it. Like, I've, of course, gone to YouTube when I wanted to, whatever, sometimes. You know, you mess up every now and again. That's just part of the course, right? But it's been a difficult thing for me. And there's actually been, like, a bit of suffering involved in it. When I want to watch a YouTube video and I don't, and I spend time with God, that actually can feel bad. Like, I don't know if you feel me on that. Have you ever like read your Bible and kind of felt awful doing it? Like, just like the difficulty in it. And there's a bit of suffering involved in that. And we're getting ever so closely to what we're going to be talking about uh, today. You're like, what's this got to do with the Bible? I'm going to get there, I promise. So I want to give a quick definition of suffering Suffering, unfortunately, has a very large scale. Like, like, there's the suffering of not being able to watch the YouTube video that you want, and then there's the suffering of the Ukraine nation. So there's range here, and so we're, we're dealing not, you know, as we can't, like, we're not dealing really in the Ukraine world. We're closer towards, unfortunately, the YouTube world, but there's some type of relevance we can take from this, right? And so I want to give a quick definition of suffering so we're all on the same page with it. And suffering is a state of pain, distress, grief, or misery. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about suffering. And there's many scales within that, and you can decide which one you want to live in, which world you want to kind of relate this to. And the thing comes to ask ourselves, right? Here's the question I kind of want to ask us is you can have in your mind, like, are you feeling a little more suffering in your life due to the fasting that you're doing? And if you're not doing any fasting, anything that you are self-limiting, because that's kind of what a fast is, you're self-limiting, you are choosing to limit something that you're intaking. Are you, whether that be uh, you're trying to drop a bad habit, or you're trying to pick up a new habit, and by doing that, you have to do less of some other stuff, are you feeling at all any suffering in your life? right now just the moment just kind of like just register that just a little bit not not too long <laughs> but if if you have like, just kind of like find that place of suffering that you can kind of just like refer to as i'm talking this morning and i've bummed us out real quick <laughs> to bring us back to like the purpose of the bumming is this is the fifth week of our lent series called free and this series is really about learning for the first time or reminding ourselves that there is freedom in self-limits. That's a bar right there, isn't it? Like, that's like, that could be, like, a rapper could say that. Yeah. Steven came up with that, by the way. Bars. Um, that's, that's a poignant thought, isn't it? Like, there is actually freedom in self-limits. And self-limits can help us be freed to become more like Christ. Our self-limits can actually free us to become more like Jesus. And during the Lenten season of the Christian calendar, we're supposed to um, be encouraged to reflect on Jesus' journey to his resurrection, which culminates in Easter. Everyone gets mad hype about Easter, as we should. 
Yet, there's something between when Jesus begins moving towards Easter that Lent kind of in particular wants us to think about, and that is the suffering of Jesus. What Jesus, especially during Holy Week, right, when we get there, we want to just remind ourselves, which I don't know about you, I feel like as an, a person living in the United States, I've been conditioned to kind of think all suffering is bad. Anytime there is suffering, it's awful. And maybe in some Christian circles, depending on where you grew up, there was this hyper switch the other way. Like, suffering always has a meaning, and it always can be for your good. So I'm going to try to live somewhere in between those two things, right? Yet, there isn't always an understanding that we can get to because of our suffering or from our suffering, but there can be something helpful within it as best that we can understand that in our human minds. And so if there was one main idea that I hope that I can kind of get us to think about and ponder and maybe it kind of seep its way up into our lives every day when we leave here, even dare I say what says said here can be thought about tomorrow, maybe, by the power of the Holy Spirit, maybe. So here's this idea. The suffering of Lent can help us to be more free in Christ. The suffering that we kind of bring into our own lives as a way of reminding ourselves of the greater, much greater, much more poignant suffering, you know, than my YouTube of Jesus on the cross, you know, this suffering can begin to turn our attention, to turn our minds, turns our hearts to what Jesus suffered and can actually bring us to be more free to become like Jesus. And I truly believe that this, this is one of the things that the scripture reading we had earlier and the verses we'll revisit is trying to say to us, what God's trying to say to us through them. But I'm going to keep it real with y'all, if I may. I really don't like it. I really don't like the idea that suffering can help us become more like Christ. I would like to avoid suffering at all costs, ever, always, no suffering. Wouldn't that be great? Like, I would love a life with no suffering, with no difficulty. Yet there's something that we know of that we maybe have grown the most in times of most difficulty. We've maybe learned the most from the hardest of times. You can definitely learn something in good times. I'm all for that. I pray for that. <laughs> Yet, suffering can do something for us. And we, when we look to our Savior, if you're here this morning, you say that you are a person that follows Jesus and you would call Jesus your Savior, that we have to admit that the suffering that Jesus went through, the greatest suffering maybe of all time, led to the greatest gift that we've ever received, his resurrection. So that's true whether we like it or not, and how we understand it and how it becomes a part of us is something to figure out. So we'll go, we'll revisit our passages, and I'll kind of read through them verse by verse, make a few comments. But before we get to it, just a little bit of background on these passages. The author is the Apostle Paul, who is mad problematic, but at the same time, you know, he's both and. He's problematic and he's helpful. He's difficult to read, but he's formative, all of those things. So Paul wrote more than half of what we call the New Testament. He really shapes our understanding of Jesus, and his life also gets brought into how we understand Jesus. And Paul, before he started following Jesus, was a man of many privileges, his life, he had some difficulty, but you could say, you could, you know, the fancy people who spend time writing books on Paul, uh, they would say, argue that Paul's life was 
relatively easy. He was kind of the best of the best, and he had everything that he could potentially could have in the system that he lived in. And when he decided to follow Jesus, he went through a great deal of suffering. He lost a lot. And these verses actually, he begins to express that to us and how that might be helpful and how we see ourselves and how we see Jesus and how we move forward with Jesus. So to the verses, with that in your mind, we can go to the verses. He says, now, first verse, verse 7, but whatever were gains to me, I'll pause right there. So he had many gains. He had status. He had money. He had knowledge. He had fame. He was considered one of the best and brightest of his time. But whatever were gains to me, he says, I now consider loss for the sake of Jesus. This is a hard, again, I'm keeping it, keeping it real with y'all. Like, there are some days I struggle if that's really true in my own life. I ask myself, do I really consider, especially in light of all of, like, the, the toxicness that the church can sometimes be and the difficulty, you know, you know, these two communities are trying to do their best and do better and, uh, I may say I think these two communities are, yet we're never going to be perfect. And so the places we've been and where we're trying to be now, like, I sometimes wonder, like, is it really, is it really better? I think it is. I think I know in my heart that it is, but sometimes my mind doesn't want to tell me. But Paul is going to be, know it for us, right? He says that whatever gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. We'll go to the next verse. What is more, he's trying to emphasize this, emphatic with it. I consider everything a loss. He's repeating himself just to make sure, because it's probably hard for the people he's talking to as well. So he says, what's even more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. And this word right here, this word right here, knowing, is not in the intellectual sense. It's not the head knowledge or the books that you've read. It really speaks of a personal knowing an experiential understanding of Jesus. And so I think, I don't know, this is one of my guesses. Maybe some of us have just known a lot about Jesus, but have never really, not, not never really, have had less experiences with Jesus. And whatever that means, I'm not exactly sure, but like that's something, right? There's a difference between knowing in your mind something and knowing it personally and experientially. And I think that might be something, that's something that I'm definitely taking inventory of in my own life. And I'm asking myself, do I know Jesus, you know, with my seminary degree and my Greek lexicons and my fanciness? Or do I know Jesus like I know my closest homies? You know, there's a difference there. And I'm trying to make that gap smaller. And so Paul's talking about knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things. And Paul lost a lot. Maybe you have lost a lot. So Paul's with you. I consider them garbage, he says, that I may gain Christ. So Paul is convinced. And maybe you've had moments in your life where you were convinced too. And between being convinced and the reality of where you're at, we try to find ourselves. We keeps going. And that I may gain Christ, in verse 9, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. There's a lot to say about this little part, the law, but I won't say all of it. I'll say just enough to help us understand. So when he talks about having a righteousness, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is 
through faith in Christ, there's this thing that most of us might have experienced. Like, do we love God from because we do good things in the name of Jesus? Or do we love God because of what we've received from Jesus? And I think Lent gets to that a little bit. It makes us to consider the things that we do. Hey, is this thing that I do is it good for me? Is it because I love it? Is it because it brings goodness into my life? Or because like, I need it in some unhealthy way? And so do we do the things that we do when it comes to Jesus and church and faith because we think that they make us good? Or because there's a good God that loves us and from our love we do? That's a very tight little thing. And again, that's not the main idea, but it's, it, it's part of the way towards what we're getting to. So he's taking inventory of his of his motives and his heart here keeps going, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And here is where we get, verse 10, is where we get to the, moment, the expression of suffering. And I want to know Christ again. He wants to know Christ relationally, experientially. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. There's a, a lot here, yet it's interesting, I would say, that Paul starts with the resurrection because you'd think sequentially you'd start with the suffering and then you get to the resurrection, but Paul flips it because he understands that we all know the power of the resurrection because we've experienced it already. That's probably why you're following Jesus and why he's writing to you while you're in this community, yet he makes us aware of participation in his sufferings. So Lent reminds us to think that to follow a risen Jesus, we're also following a Jesus that suffered. And so are we able, and if you're not able, I think, I think, again, I don't know, I think that God is fine with that. If you're not able to participate in his sufferings, that's okay. You can still follow Jesus. Yet it's, it's the question to ponder. Paul wants to know, and I hope to want to know, the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. What was Jesus like in his death? He was sacrificial. He was loving. He was selfless. He thought more of others. He didn't think less of himself. He thought more of others. That's what Jesus was like in his death. And are we able, again, if you're not, it's fine, it's okay. Like, I struggle with this every day. But are we able to participate in his sufferings? And that can be small things like having less YouTube and more time experientially with Jesus. That can be a much bigger deal. It could be leaving a toxic church environment for a healthier one. It could be even bigger. It could be spending time, your own time that you would love to spend, sleeping in somewhere sometime. It could be giving of your time to people and places that you know are disproportionate and are under-resourced. Whatever that could be, you can fill in the blank of that thing. It could be doing the work <laughs> to have conversations with people that are really uncomfortable, but you feel like it's something that Jesus would do. It's part of the suffering. <laughs> you, you know, you're sharing in the suffering. You're participating in the suffering of Jesus. Is, 
Is it worth it? Paul thinks so. I'm not as confident as I once was these days, but I'm pretty sure it is. And we will just find out ourselves. The suffering of Lent can be a window and help us to be more free in Christ. Because, I'm again, well, maybe. I'm not sure if you're like me. But suffering, the potential for suffering de- deters me from doing a lot. I don't want to suffer on the other end of that conversation with that person about that thing that is unjust. I don't want to suffer the wrath of the Facebook retaliation by posting this thing. I don't want to sit in my own feelings and emotions to let God speak to me. Nah, God, stay out. Like, there are all of these options, right? Suffering holds me back. But when we understand that there is a goodness even in the participation with the sufferings of Jesus, then it might make it just a little bit easier to participate, to step into those moments that could be suffering But know that it's part of Christ. It's part of Jesus. I would love to invite the band back up as we move in to our next thing. And I would just love all of us to close our eyes just for a moment, if you don't mind. It'll just be a few moments. You can close your eyes. Again, if you don't want to, keep your eyes open. Ain't no problems. Um, But I would love for us just to consider. And you don't have to do anything. Like, just think about it. Like, just think, like, Could you believe that the suffering of Jesus leads to something better in the resurrection? And therefore, could your participation in suffering, whatever it is, you can fill in that blank in your life, whatever it is, whatever suffering might look like in your life, is it worth the potential freedom to know and to follow Jesus better. I'll just give you a moment to think about that and then we'll move into the next part. You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast.